I'm going to give you some, I'm going to give you some, uh, some tips on how to still be able to live your life the way God desires for you to live your life. And this is a message not just for grads, but it's for all of us this morning. Um, so I- I'm excited. I, don't, I know that most people, most older people like me and maybe even older, um, sometimes it's a little scary to think of, <laughs> of our future being in the hands of, these, uh, of young people. Because we see some of the things on social media. We see some of the things like we get scared sometimes. I, as a youth pastor, who have been around young people for quite a while now, I can honestly tell you I'm excited for our future because I do see so much potential. And I see so much, um, so much creativity and so much um, that God has placed on, on our young people that I'm excited about what God is going to continue to do um, and, and continue to do with, with young adults. And I'm excited about them. Uh, speaking of young adults, we're actually going to uh, get together with some of our young adults that are visiting from college, uh, or not visiting, but are home from college, and, uh, and others who are here in town. We're going we're gonna to start a little, a little young adult group. And so if you're a young adult here, as I'm scoping out the, the area here, there's, there's a couple of you guys. Uh, today at 4, we're going to get together. We're going to get to go uh, hang out as young adults. Is that cool? You guys okay with that? Young adults? I mean, I see two young adults there. So you guys are coming. You guys are coming whether you want to or not. We will kidnap you, and we're going to go hang out and just continue to, um, to grow together uh, as we continue to be part of, of this family. But um, do you know what Facebook, Snapchat, Reddit, Dropbox all have in common, what those things have in common? Facebook. What? Somebody said something. Huh? Online, yes, but What? They, they do take your time? Yes. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give the positive side of it. Uh, all those things, having, they, were, they were created and started by college uh, young adults, by college uh, folks who, again, are very creative. And God has gifted a lot of these young adults to think creatively, create, creatively uh, and continue to develop and do things that are going to help our future. These are young people who are thinking, how can we connect the world? Uh, yes, all of these uh, um, social media platforms can be taken and, and messed up, right? And we mess them up as people. But to understand that, man, young people have created these things to be able to connect the world. Um, and so I think it would be an understatement to say that young adults are actively changing the world. Um, they are. They are actively changing the world. Uh, and so those of you who are graduating, so talking about some of these young people who are moving on, um, they continue to, to make contributions to our society. Now, um, where do we go from here, right? That's the question that most of these young adults here, if you, at your graduations, I'm sure your uh, valedictorians and stuff, when they would come up, they would say the question or they would say, so now what, right? Now what? What do we do? Um, what, what can we do uh, or what should we do as we move on to adulthood? Uh, well, here's the deal. From a, from a biblical perspective, which is what I'm going to share with you here this morning, um, a lot of biblical scholars believe that the disciples, uh, when they met Jesus, they were about the same age as some of our young adults who are graduating, some of our young adults who are in this room. Um, and they spent three years following our Savior around the world. They watched him die. They watched him resurrect. And then they spent a few more weeks with him and then watched them ascend to heaven um, and, and to, to watch him ascend to heaven. Um, now, here's my question. What was that like? I think every time I get to share God's word with you, I always kind of bring one of those things where, like, what would it have been like? To, to be standing there as Jesus ascended into heaven. Um, and so 
the disciples' transition into life without their training wheel um, is a model for how we, especially you young people, uh, can live our lives as we walk in the next step in the next season of our lives. And so the disciples had to wait for what was next. Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11 says this. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Now, the scriptures, they paint, uh, they paint a picture of the disciples actually watching Jesus ascending up into heaven with their own eyes. Now, it's different than previous, previous uh, recorded experiences, right? Jesus did not just disappear. Um, he wasn't just taken up into a whirlwind like Elijah. Uh, we are left believing that Jesus ascended by lifting in a majestic way, unaided by any other forces, as he rose into a cloud and just kind of what, just left their sight. Now, I'm trying to think, what would that look like today? And so I'm trying to, so how many of you guys actually uh, remember as kids, or maybe even still now, watching like helium balloons go up into the sky? And just staring at the helium, like, it, for me, it, I love it. I love watching helium balloons, especially when I'm driving. And I just see a, like, I see a balloon just going up, right? Of course, I pull over. I don't keep driving. But I pull over, and like, and you just see them kind of going going and you're like and then maybe you lose sight for them sometimes you lose sight of that 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 balloon and you're like you're like oh it's gone oh wait no it's still there like you see it move somewhere so like so I'm picturing like some of these disciples are probably just like they see Jesus kind of just ascending right and then maybe they lose sight for him for a little bit or they lose sight of him for a little bit for a little bit and then finally like he is gone right he's he disappears um and so this is how I kind of picture the disciples in that moment they're watching Jesus a little bit past when they can actually see him no more. And so I'm thinking, what was it like when the disciples are standing there and they're watching Jesus disappear? It was probably silent. They're probably just standing there, like, just thinking, thinking to themselves or maybe even asking themselves, um, okay, well, that was cool. Like, now what? Right? Now what do we do? Like, there goes Jesus, our our leader, our teacher, our savior, our best friend, like all the different thoughts that they thought, like there he goes, right? And so they, they kind of, they're probably caught in that moment and they finally kind of like realize, okay, we're here. Um, and so they finally look down after they, they see him disappear. Um, and then two angels are among them and they seem to interrupt the disciples, uh, kind of calling them out a little bit. And, he, and they say this, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. So it's kind of like the angels to me, just sound, it, it kind of appears like, you know, that, that gun that goes off to start a race at a track. Like all of a sudden, like the angels say this to the disciples and it's like, Psh, now, now go. Like now, now it's your time. Now it's your, now you got to get to it. You got to get to it, right? Um, now here's the deal. They didn't walk across the stage like our grads will or, ha or have already. Um, they didn't walk across the stage. There was no diploma. There was nothing. But it kind of feels to me like they were, they were graduating into now all of a sudden, what, what, do, what do we get to do next? Now that our, our Messiah is gone, what do we get to do next? Um, and what is life going to be like for us? Um, how, everything, everything that we learned these last three years, walking with Messiah, uh, you know, Collecting, collecting the dust from his, you know, from his, from his feet, from his sandals as he walked in front of us 
Um, now what? Now what do we do? And so that's the kind of the question that I feel like maybe our students, maybe some of us here today are like, now what? What do we do? What do we do now? Like, we, we, we have all this knowledge. We've gained all this stuff, all this information. Um, we have followed. And, and no, now what do we do? Right? Um, and I believe that we can learn lots of things um, from what the disciples were able to do and what they learned from Jesus, and that I'm able to be able to be able to pass that on to you, um, that we can, where do, where do we go from here? And we can answer that question. Um, but before we go there, let me pray. Father God, I thank you once again for this moment. I thank you, Lord, for this time. God, I thank you for what you are doing in the lives of our young people, Lord. Um, God, and just uh, promoting and graduating and moving on to the next chapter in their life. God, I also lift up those here this morning, God, who... Um, who maybe are, 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 are discouraged or maybe are just kind of wondering. Maybe they're in a, in a season in life where they don't know what to do next. Uh, and so, Lord, I pray that, that these principles that we're about to share, Lord, that, that they, they are principles that we can, uh, at any moment, any season of life, we can apply, uh, Lord, and how they can, how they can change our lives and how we can help change the lives of others. And so, God, I just pray that, you're, that as you are here with us here today, Lord, that you will speak into our hearts, Lord. Thank you again for this opportunity to be able to share your word uh, with my brothers and sisters. Uh, we pray these things, Lord, in your name. Amen. So, yes, what do we do next? Well, I'm going to give you three things. Three things. So, Kennedy, you're going to have to write these down. All right? Perfect. So, uh, and, and the rest of you as well, if you want to know three key things to help you figure out what to do next when you are in the season of life. Um, so, number one is Jesus empowered you to, empowered you to proclaim him wherever you are. He has, given you, he has given you the power to proclaim him wherever you are. In fact, the very last thing that Jesus said when he was here on earth, he said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, which to you that may translate to Tehachapi, Bakersfield, Antelope Valley, um, I don't, I don't know where I'm pointing. I just start pointing places, and if I'm not pointing in the right direction, I'll get corrected later. But it's okay. Like, you, wherever it is that you go, wherever God sends you, you are empowered to proclaim him wherever you are. He pretty much gave the disciples the instructions to go, right? And, and, and here's the deal. Those disciples, when Jesus gave them those directions, those instructions to go, they took that very seriously. They took it so seriously that, uh, as we know, through reading through... Um, doing research and reading through it, all but one of the disciples died violent deaths. They, they literally were killed, like slaughtered for what Jesus told them to do, which was to go and proclaim the good news. And so they took it very, very seriously um, to go and share the good news. Now, we as followers of Jesus um, likely see the need to spread the gospel just like they, they did, but in reality, do we really actually do anything about it? And that's the question that sometimes we ask ourselves. Am I, really, am I really spreading the good news? Am I really going out and sharing God's love and, God, and, and the gospel and the good news with others? Um, so here's a cool thing. You're walking, as a graduate, you're walking into a fresh season of your life. Whether, whether you're going to continue to work or go to school or go into the military uh, or, or continue, continue your education, whatever you're going to do, you get a clean slate. Um, somewhere, wherever it is that you go, you're starting over as an adult. And you can be anything that you want to be. Do you believe that? Do you believe that, that you can be anything that you want to be? Yes. Um, and so you can shake 
you can shake off any stereotypes about yourself and create a new one, a new and better things for you to which for, for you to which, which to be known, for people to know you. So shaking off this whole new thing and starting fresh, you can choose to start being known as a person that lives out your faith, a person that freely shares the good news that has changed your life. That's a cool deal. Like, there's times where I wish, you know, sometimes I think we 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 can we can kind of think, oh, I wish I could start over, right? I wish the new year would begin, or I wish, uh, I can't wait till the new school year to start because I'm going to be a whole new different student. Or, and so here you, you have this opportunity to now, like, I'm done with high school. I'm an adult now. I get to start fresh. And what a great opportunity to be able to, in your mind, be like, this is an opportunity for me to share the good news um, that has changed my life, right? Uh, and this is how the disciples lived, that's how they live their life. In fact, Charles Spurgeon once said, uh, theologian, pastor, uh, he said, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. I mean, that's, that's, that, that can be harsh, but that is so true. We're either a missionary or an imposter. We all need to take this call, this call to action seriously. Now, here's the deal. I know that you would ask, okay, cool. I, okay, Goose, I know, like, I got to go share the good news, spread the gospel. How do I do that? What are the things that I do? And I'm just going to share with you a couple of things or, or a few things that I think can help us all, even at this point in our lives, figure out what is it that we do to share the gospel, to, to, to go out into the world and share it. One, extend grace to those who have wronged you. Extend grace to those who have wronged you. How many of you have been wronged? Here in this room today, uh, we all could, we could think back. We have been wronged, yet Jesus says, "Extend grace." You want to share the good news? Extend grace. Another way is love your enemies. Man, we have. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys have enemy enemies here. Maybe some of you are, are very good at, at trying to not make enemies with people, but there are people that don't like us out there. I mean, just just the fact that we are followers of Jesus, we're gonna have enemies. Yet Jesus said, love them, right? Love them. That's how you spread the good news. Feed the hungry. That's huge. And I know that as a college student, you're going to be very hungry at times, right? Like if you're like, you're going to be the one, oh, someone please feed me. <laughs> but here's the deal. It's feed the hungry. It's a great way to, to be able to share the good news. Clothe the unclothed. Comfort the hurting. That's huge. Comfort those who are hurting. That shares the good news. That spreads the good news of Jesus Christ. Welcome the stranger. You're going to be a stranger in some places. And we are all strangers at some point in our lives. I remember when I was a stranger in this country 30-something years ago, a long time ago. I was a stranger, and I know I've shared my story, um, but I was a stranger to this country when I was 9 years old. And because people um, shone their light and, and lived this way, I am where I am here today. Because people did this. They live this out for me and my family. Now, I know that I'm here because of God's mercy and grace. I know that. But it's because of people that lived out this way. And so what a great opportunity. They shared the good news with me because they did these things. They fed us. They, they welcomed, us, welcomed us as strangers. They, um, they clothed us. Literally, they put clothes on us. People loved us. And so that's, you know, that, was one, that, that is how the good news were shared to me and my family um, by doing these things. And so I just want to encourage you. Um, when the disciples were graduating, you know, so to speak, into the next season of their life, this is what they were, this is what they were doing. And not only that, but they also realized that they needed to, uh, that prayer was going to be a roadmap to their decisions that they were going to make. The prayer was important. So that's number two. So number one is, number one was that Jesus empowered you to, pr 
empowered you to proclaim him wherever you are. Number two is that prayer is critical to discovering what is next. Prayer is, is critical to discovering what is next. As we read earlier, the disciples were transfixed on the sky after Jesus ascended. Uh, Jesus had left, but they knew he was going to return. But when, when would that be and what was next? So in Acts chapter 1, verses 12 to 14, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the, and the brothers of Jesus. So during the 10 days between the ascension until the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, Jesus' followers, about 120 of them, gathered together in an upstairs room in a home in Jerusalem where they prayed and waited. So prayer, Kennedy, is going to be very important for the rest of your life. And I, I remind to all of you, prayer is very important. It is critical. They didn't know what their next move was going to be. And so they gathered and prayed and waited. Now, here's the deal. I wish that prayer was my instinctive response to a lack of clarity all the time. Not just sometimes, all the time. I wish that prayer was my response to when I don't know what is going to happen. I wish that I would pray. Because here's the deal. This is, if we're real with each other, this is how it usually works or how sometimes it works with us. Often, instead of praying, uh, when faced with a difficult choice, we stress and choose the option we like best. Then we take what we have decided to do or what we want to happen and pray those words to God, asking him for a blessing. We are looking for God to validate and bless choices that we have already made without him. Sometimes I believe that that's where our prayers lead us, to pretty much tell God, instead of, instead of asking God or leaving it up to God, we tell God what we want in our prayers. And so, so I want to not pray that way, right? Um, the disciples, they took a different approach. Approach. They took the season of transition as an opportunity for God to speak loudly into what's next in their lives. They were, they were relying on him, not on themselves. Because what do you do at that point? You're up in that room, and you're just praying and waiting. You know that he's going to come back. You have no idea when he's going to come back. He is now gone. So, Lord, just tell us what to do next. Tell us how to move next. Isaiah 58, 11 says, the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength and restoring your strength. They, they trusted that God would guide them to do what was next or to what was next. How do we trust God for his direction in our lives? How do our grads know that they are on the path that God would, walk, would want them to walk? And this is a great answer. And I, I, I pulled it out of the message. I know some of you don't like the message, but it's all right because just the way that he worded it here, Matthew 10, 39 says this, if your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. Man, putting God first, relying on him first, put, like, and, and that's the danger that you're going to have, Kennedy, as, as, as a young adult, is that you're going you're gonna to trust in yourself and just do what you think is right for you. And you're just going to look for yourself. And, and so understanding, like, man, our first concern should always be to look to him. Should always be to look to him. So please seek Jesus, listen to him, talk to him, and spend time in his word. If we're constantly looking for ways to align our lives with Jesus, we will remain on the path that he has for us. The journey might not be pretty, uh, and, and maybe at times it won't even be Instagram worthy to put, you know, our lives and, and, and our everyday, what it looks like. But the disciples encountered some very harsh and brutal moments, but God was faithfully right by their sides as he will remain by yours.
And finally, part of the disciples' strength came from one another and the community of believers in the first, in the first century church, right? And so the third thing is you need a community. You're going to need a community of believers. We can do more as a community than we could ever do alone. Acts 2, 42 to 47 says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I, I don't think anybody here would be surprised by saying that we, we, lose, we lose most Christians when they go off to college, when they go off, you know, when they go off on their own. Um, and I, I think a huge part of it is because they don't, they're not able to connect with a community of believers that is like this. Um, and so, Kennedy, I would encourage you, connect with people. Stay connected here. If you're not going to go anywhere, man, definitely stay connected with us. Stay connected with your church. Um, you know, it's the majority of the group of believers, you know, they were young in their faith, and they didn't know as much as they would have liked to about Jesus, and they truly wanted to know him better, and they were passionate about living lives that would honor him, and they spent time with one another, studied and prayed together and worshiped together and, and shared communion together. The Bible reminds us to uh, Hebrews 10, 24, 25, let us think of ways to motivate one another of acts, two acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And then Matthew 18, 24, where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. We need one another. You're going to need a fellowship, a fellowship of believers. We all need one another. We can't forsake that part. Is so important. And so um, a reminder, so not just to you, Kennedy, today and to any other seniors, but to all of us, God is calling us to go wherever, the, wherever we are, we take him with us. We take him with us. We share the good news of what he's done. How? In the ways that I just shared with you. Pretty much all the things that I just shared with you as far as that list of like clothing, clothing the unclothed, feeding the hungry, all those things that what they have in common is that it has nothing to do with you. That has nothing to do with you, but instead has to do everything with others, with serving others. And so serving others is a huge part of sharing the good news. Um, praying, right? Praying together. Praying, uh, and not praying prayers that tell God what to do, but instead, God, show me what to do. God, lead me in the way that you want, uh, that you want me to go. And as a young adult, man, I can tell you, it is hard because you want to believe that you know exactly what you want to do and you want to believe that you know exactly where to go, man, let God be a part of that decision. And then finally, just continue to meet. Uh, continue. Don't, don't separate yourself from the body. I mean, I don't have to show you, you know, documentary, you know, what, what happens to the, to the little, not goat, but what are those animals in the Serengeti? Goats, no, uh, whatever the gazelles or whatever they are, and like you know, the lions, the lions come after the one that's by itself. They don't usually don't go into the pack. They take the one that's over there by themselves, and, and they attack that one. And so when you separate yourself from the body, you're easy prey for the enemy. And so don't separate yourself from the community of believers. In fact, continue to grow together with those uh, who God has placed you amongst. And so. Um, so, Kennedy, that is my three, my three pieces of advice for you and for the rest of us to continue to grow in Christ, um, to continue to grow in what he's called us to. Um, 
share the good news, pray, stay connected, stay connected with each other. Um, I am going to pray now for each and every one of us. I did want to I, I say Pastor Rob did send his, his, his hellos to everybody, and it was an amazing wedding. Sorry, I was going to say that at the beginning, and I forgot. It was an amazing wedding, and he did great, and, and Rebecca and Kevin are now beginning their life as a married couple, and so that's pretty, pretty cool to be able to be a part of that. But he does miss you, and he can't wait to be back here next week to share God's, uh, God's word with you as well. So um, let me pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, once again for this day. Uh, God, thank you for opportunities to be able to share your word with my brothers and sisters. And God, I do take that very seriously. And, and God, I do thank you for uh, the ways that you uh, speak to me um, simply. God, I, I know there was nothing here today that was uh, deeply theologically or any, any uh, terms that maybe, uh, Lord, I, I know that you, you, you spoke to me in a simple way. And that's how I wanted to share it here this morning is just, just simply remembering, God, that uh, the importance God, the importance, how, how critical it is for us to, uh, to share the good news. And I, I believe that sometimes we get so caught up in, in all the things that are going on around us and, and, and within us and in our families. And God, that we, that we forget, Lord, that uh, Lord, that is what you call us to. You call us to be missionaries, to go and share the good news to everyone that we meet, to everyone that we come in contact with, Lord. And so, Father, I pray that you re thank you for the reminder of that here today, Lord. Father, thank you for reminding me and, and us, Lord, to, uh, to, to pray. God, and to pray for your will to be done and not pray for not so much our will to be done, but your will to be done, Lord, and to, for us to, to know how to, how to better follow you and how to better respond to the answers to the prayers that we pray to you, Lord. Uh, and, Father, thank you for this body of believers. Thank you for this community here at Tatchby, Lord, and thank you, God, that, that we get to, to do life together. Lord, thank you, God, that we get to uh, enjoy being a part of the body. Lord, and the reminder that away, apart from the body, uh, Lord, it, it, it's easy for the enemy to strike. And so, God, I just pray that you will remind us, Lord, to stay connected. Uh, Lord, and I do lift up Kennedy to you and then all the other grads, Lord, who are, uh, who are moving on uh, to adulthood. And whatever, whatever that means for them, Lord, um, may they remember that whatever road it is that they go on or whatever, whatever it is that they go, Lord, God, that you are with them. You are with them every step of the way. They are, they, you don't forsake them. Lord, you love them. You love them so much. And you want great things for them, Lord. So, Father, may they remember that here today. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for what you have done, what you are doing, and, and what you will continue to do here in our future. God, to you be the glory. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And there's some cake, some uh, graduating cake, right as you walk. Wow. Yeah, right as you walk out, take some cake to go with your donuts that you ate earlier. <laughs> God bless you, brothers and sisters. Have a great week. Amen.